All right. Good morning, everybody. It is February the 10th, and I am doing another episode of Coffee Culture Crypto and Change. And uh, this one, this one might go a few different directions. I'm, there might be a little zing and a little zang in here. So I'm, I've been trying to collect my thoughts. There's just a lot swimming around in my head lately. Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot going on. Um, serendipitously, I think, uh, providentially, sovereignly, I don't know the right word. But uh, this morning, I, uh, so usually if I'm at the end of our coffee run, uh, I usually have like some dark roast, um, McDonald's dark roast, McD's cafe. So uh, I had a K-cup this morning of dark roast uh, McDonald's coffee. Um, Hold on. It tastes just fine to me. Love black coffee. Um, And so uh, in having this cup of coffee, it was funny because... uh, This morning, I happened to look on my Twitter feed, and uh, don't you know, McDonald's has entered into the metaverse. The metaverse, the metaverse, the metaverse. I, uh, in some ways, like, I'm pinching myself a little bit because I've never, I I mean, this is just, we've never really lived in a time like this. Um, But, you know, to be, um, to steal a phrase from my uh, friends at Altcoin Daily, um, you know, you're still early. If you're interested in crypto and the the metaverse, you are still incredibly early to the mainstream adoption of these technologies. And so uh, McDonald's, following suit with a lot of other people uh, in this world, is, uh, you know, they're jumping in. And so it's kind of interesting and neat to see. Uh, I don't know what will happen with it, but um, I I think it's a major thing for crypto. Um, and speaking of crypto, you know, having a little bit of a pump here, uh, I've loved seeing the run on Bitcoin the last couple of days. It's just been kind of slow and steady. Um, so I've been in- encouraged by that. Uh, but I've also been, you know, this is more just um, a little tidbit from uh, from me to you, if if it's helpful. Like I, I have probably, I've, I, it's like a year ago this week is when I really got into all of this, right? So 2020 of February is kind of when I got really interested in, in crypto. Um, and that, that started with the uh, building of the first Ethereum rig that I ever made, uh, the Downeaster Alexa for all the Billy Joel fans out there. Uh, I name each one of my rigs. I know that's probably silly, but I, I like it. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, uh, it's been a year. And um, something that's been helpful for me in the last 30-ish days is just trying not to look at it every day. Um, and also, like, with some of the bearish activity that's been going on, um, you know, it's a great time to DCA to dollar cost average uh, purchases. And so, um, you know, that's kind of what I've been interested in doing. I'm, I'm very interested in XRP. I'm very interested in Cardano. Very interested in in Solana, uh, in Polygon, Polygon more than Solana to be honest, just for the price. But just the DCA on those three, uh, it's a great time to buy. Um, you know, as you dollar cost average it. Now, some people think we're going. You know, kind of this is a, a little bit of a trap. But even still, like if you think of hey, five years from now, card. Let's say Cardano hits the mark. Uh, are you going to be disappointed by buying Cardano at a dollar twenty-one? Um, 
versus 90 cents. I, I really just don't see that being a point of concern for a lot of people. And so for me, this this is a sweet spot buy time for XRP and, and Cardano. Obviously, I'm not a financial investor, so please don't take it as that. But, um, you know, it's just, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting space that crypto's in today. I think before I, I uh, started this one, we, we had been uh, over the 44.5 mark for Bitcoin, 44,500. I Even this morning, we were into 45,300. This is good movement. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what uh, things hold. You know, nobody has the crystal ball, but excited about it. Um, so, yeah, interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about um, culture and change. And um, obviously, uh, you know, if you're uh, in the crypto space, you're probably not far removed from the alternative media space. And when I say alternative media, I'm not speaking alt-right. I'm speaking about like long-form journalism. Uh, and probably most notable in that is a guy named Joe Rogan. And so uh, I, I listen to Rogan's uh, podcasts quite a bit. And uh, I, do, I certainly on all things do not agree with Rogan. But uh, he has created a space for just amazing dialogue. I mean, really, really interesting dialogue. And I realize like there is a lot uh, recently that he has taken fire for and and, um, you know, just because you listen to someone does not mean that you condone all of what they do. And so, you know, even just recently, some of the viral clips that came out with him and his language, um, it was hard to watch, to be honest. Um, yeah. And even he, I mean, his words are, it's, it's, it's effing horrible. You know, he's, he's looking at it and he's like, this is terrible. You know, so I'm not. I'm not just because I listen does not mean I condone all of, of what this person represents. And I mean, frankly, um, you know, we could do a hyper assessment of ourselves and, and we kind of know, or we, we, if we're aware of ourselves enough, we, we probably have a good idea of our own, uh, mistakes and brokenness. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I'll put myself at the front of that line, right? That's, that's not, not something I'm excited about poking at other people on because I know of my own absolute uh, wickedness and brokenness. And uh, that, that leads to other discussions and, and that's not really central here this morning. But I, I, um, I was watching Peterson's podcast uh, with Rogan, Jordan Peterson. He was on Rogan. And, you know, if you don't... So I went and saw Jordan Peterson uh, with a friend of mine. He gave a lecture uh, in Toronto a couple of years ago. And again, another person that I don't agree with everything that the man has to say. But uh, so I'm, you know, social psychologist by training. Uh, his He's a cognitive or clinical psych. Um, really smart guy. Lots of refereed journal publications. Way more than I'll ever have and ever aspire to have. Smart guy. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty aware of the mathematical analyses that he uses. Um, I think he does a, I think he does a very good job of controlling for variables, demographic variables and, um, variables that if you're, if you're not a good scientist, uh, that's why Mark Train said, uh, that there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics, right? So I, I do think that Jordan possesses a really, really strong handle on how to use statistics. Um, really, really good. But anyway, um, he has a Bible lecture series online at YouTube. It's free. And I think it's a series at this point. I, it might be 19 lectures. 
and I'm going through them again. But um, I mean, I, I, um, <laughs> I think that Jordan Peterson is really, really probing the depths of the scripture. And, um, you know, I, I watched a, a, an articulation of the exchange between Rogan and Peterson about the Bible. Right. So for those of you who don't know Peter, uh, Rogan is not uh, a huge fan of organized religion. And I think he's incredibly skeptical of the Bible. Um, and Peterson, in some ways, the, the articulation he's giving, he's cautioning Rogan. Hey, you don't, I, I, the exercise skepticism that you have toward the Bible, I get it, but you don't, you don't necessarily know that the depth of wisdom that comes from the Bible. So he's trying to unpack even how, how the, the revelation of God, you know, that's almost like a progressive revelation, if you will, of God to even Peterson. Like you can sit on the outside of it and you can watch it and go, my God, like this guy is really probing the depths of the Bible and, and the, the, the uh, literature narrative, the, uh, the, the historical narrative, the cultural narrative, like he's tapping in at so many levels on the depth of biblical stories that you just can't help with like, man, is this guy going to become a Christian? I don't know, you know. And um, so I, I happened to watch this uh, outer exchange that Doug Wilson, who's, uh, again, <laughs> so I always like have to qualify this. Like I listened to Wilson. It doesn't necessarily mean that I condone all of what Wilson is saying. Okay, so please hear that. Um, but, you know, Wilson is just watching this exchange and he's providing brief commentary on it. And he's like, yeah, this is like, this is so true. You don't know how true it is, right? You don't even know the depth of the truth that you're saying. And and you, again, you, you're on the outside and you're watching Peterson elaborate on the fundamental value of the Bible. And it's it's a web of entanglement in the world today. Like how much of our construct of the world today uh, comes from just the the overarching biblical influence uh, on culture for the last uh, thousands of years, you know. And uh, Wilson even he even ends the exchange where he says, you know, just. Uh, as Jesus was speaking to a scribe, you know, you are not not far from the kingdom, and and I wonder, I don't know how far from the kingdom Peterson is uh, from the kingdom of God, but man, to watch that is it's exceptional to watch the exchange. And so, if you have a chance to watch the um, the dialogue between Rogan and Peterson, it's it's a four hour dialogue, right? And so that's one of the things that like. Uh, that speaks to change. Like here, here's something in change that I, I want to I get at today. So that that kind of brings me to the the uh, crescendo of my my thinking for this week is, um, you know, we have when you look at media, when you look at major, mainstream media, and and I am uh, I'm an equal opportunity offender here. So I I am not a closet Fox fan. Uh, I am not a closet CNN fan. Uh, I am an overt mainstream media is dangerous and it's harmful to healthy dialogue. I'm going to tell you why I think, uh, and I'm this, this thought is not unique to me, but I've heard it. I affirm it. And I, I'm like, yeah, I would hypothesize that this is a big reason why there's such a problem. When you watch, um, these shows, they are pining for ratings. So the desire here is, you know, what, what happens? Like, how do you get ratings? Well, you've got to have someone who's in some respects, an agitator, you know, you've got like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing going on sometimes. But the problem is, how many times have you been able 
to resolve an argument in seven minutes before a commercial break. I mean, think about that. How many times have you been so rip snorting mad with somebody? Oh, that's a that's a tribute to Dwight Smith, by the way. Um, if you uh, are, are a reader of um, uh, Alone at the Top, a great author and a good friend. How many times have you been so upset with someone that um, you ha- you turn over this hourglass that's seven minutes long and you go, okay, we've got to resolve this because there's a commercial breakup. Never. It doesn't happen. But the whole narrative of this type of mainstream media now, opinion journalism and and you know, whether it's leaning right or leaning left or attempting to be in the center, uh, I, I, they just they all suck at this point. They're all terrible. And um, so, so the change aspect that I think is is being becoming attractive. And again, you you may not like uh, Rogan or not. I mean, I, I'm not. But Joe Rogan had 112 million people listen to his podcast last week. 112 million people. The ratings at these mainstream media locations are just awful. They're terrible. Like they're dumpster fires, okay? For most of them. And when you break it down, like one of the key things, uh, and it's not a Rogan thing. It's I mean, there's just there's lots of good dialogue going on in the podcast space, the the the, the long form journalism space. That's it. It's long form journalism. It's the idea that hey, this, this subject we're going to talk about, uh, it, it provokes a lot of emotion. It provokes a lot of uh, strong response one way or the other. So let's, let's allow it the space it needs for us to actually analyze the argument. And that's why I'm a fan of long-form journalism. That's why, I'm a, that's why I pretty much don't, I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch Fox. I've stopped with, uh, with listening to NPR. I, I just don't listen to these things anymore because... Um, the form sucks. The form sucks. And you can't really get to a meaningful place of being able to um, fundamentally disagree with someone but have respect for them at the, end of the, at the end of the frame. And that's what I think long-form journalism does. And I think that's what this world needs right now. They need more of it. And I think the evidence of that, that 112 million people last week listened to Joe Rogan is uh, that's that's pretty telling, right? So am I here advertising Joe Rogan? No, I'm not. I'm advertising long-form journalism. Because in the long-form journalism space, what I have found is that it's the place where I'm like, wow, these people really disagree with one another. Uh, but they're like making their arguments. They're putting their ideas out there. They're allowing for them to be kicked into corners, you know, kind of pushed into corners and meddled with. And, um, you know, like by the end of it, nobody's like wanting to rip your head off. They're they're going, yeah, we, we disagree, but we've laid out our argument. We've laid out the rationale for why we've landed where we land. And, and frankly, I think the world needs more of this. I think the world needs more of this type of space. And, and it's hard because what are the competing factors for us? Uh, in the West in particular. We, we want things instantaneously. We, we want it fresh and we want it now. We, we want, um, you know, and this is, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I am incredible. I'm so guilty of this. You know, like I want my crypto assets to grow tomorrow. Like I want, I want Bitcoin to be $100,000 tomorrow. Like it just, in what world does that happen? It, 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 in the, in the um, technological world 
in in the in the the digital space of you know instant ROI. That's some of the things that we're running into, and you know, like the others, the, the world is full of hot takes. We need less of them. We need less hot takes. You know, I, I look at social media handles. Hot take. Da 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 da. This is what it, you know. It should just shut up. Shut up. Give the difficult conversation the space it needs to provide a place where we can think again, and we can strategize again, and we can we can think about partnering on things that we can agree on, and at least generating a, a level of respect for the things that we'll never disagree on. You know,、um, yeah. I just I want more of that in the world.、Um, I'm I'm in my basement as I record this, and so much has changed. I'm like I, I wake up every morning. I have three laptops and three additional monitors and my phone, and I eke out a living from my basement now. And so much so much has changed with COVID and the world in the last 24 months. But in some ways, I think it is a great opportunity for us. To just think about the way in which we're feeding ourselves, and the way that which you know, how do we arrive、uh, to an idea? How do we how do we arrive to an understanding about something that we believe? You know, man, I sure hope you're not taking seven minutes to evaluate evidence. I hope you're going to spaces where silence is is okay. I hope you're going on walks. I hope that you're reading books. I hope that you're listening to books. I hope that you're participating in long form journalism. And I hope that you're turning down the volume on mainstream media, conservative mainstream media, middle of the road mainstream media, if there is one, left leaning mainstream media. Just shut it off. Your brain's too hot. Give space for your brain to process, because we just don't we don't do that anymore. And I think that's like a fundament. If we fundamentally start to shift that, I think it'll be good for all of us.、Um, Last thing is an offering on perspective.、Um, this weekend, I、uh, had a chance to move in a, a friend, an international friend from、uh, Basra, Iraq. And、uh, man, you talk about perspective.、Uh, there was a moment where we had to move in a handful of things, and I didn't have an adult to help me. It was my my daughter Morgan helped me move this individual in. Great, great person, great gal. And there was this moment in my head of like,、uh, man, I just、uh, this is a big couch, this is a big entertainment center, this is a big nightstand, this is a big everything was big. This is a big dresser, and the the apartment that we were moving into, it was not easy to get to the front door. So it was like from my truck and from my trailer, it was like at least two hundred yards for each item of furniture that we were having to move. And during that time, like I'll be honest, in my flesh, I was just frustrated with, like, man, I can't believe I got to move this stuff. I can't believe I don't have an adult to help me. But by the end of it, I'm I'm looking at it going, man, my my not even 13 year old daughter is lifting furniture like a like an adult and helping me in an amazing way. Who am I to complain about anything? This woman is from Basra.、Uh, man, you talk about perspective, you know. Pick stuff up, move it. It may be long, it might be painful, but just look at your fellow man、uh, and and bless them. And if you're a Christian, like I am, understand how much the gospel has given you. And whatever you do, do it for God's glory and in the name of Jesus. Have a good one, gang. Blessings.